Good evening, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to episode 37 of the Matt and Matt No Skill Trains podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rochford, and with me as always uh, is my co-host, Johnny. Johnny, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. I have now taken over the podcast, uh, and I am now the new de facto host, so Matt, you can leave. <laughs> well, just a uh, just a quick heads up for everybody. Matt Z uh, is unfortunately not able to join us tonight, uh, but this is one of the reasons why we have three hosts uh, to create some redundancy. And, you know, if somebody needs to, uh, you know, for personal reasons or, um, you know, something comes up and they're not able to come on, we want to make sure that uh, we can still, you know, do the podcast and, and um, you know, make, make sure everything is taken care of. So, uh, again, nothing's wrong. Uh, Massey just uh, has some personal things to take care of, and uh, he will be back uh, for the next episode. So, uh, as always, uh, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, YouTube, and Amazon Music. Uh, again, um, I will state that we have a Discord server, and I believe, I, I'm not sure if I checked the last number, but I think it's a, like 115, 120 people. Some crazy, some crazy figure like that. Our community has grown so quickly over these past over the past month. It is absolutely insane, and it's it's amazing to see how much we've grown and to meet all of our listeners. It's it's been very humbling. Yeah, this is um, just so everyone knows too. This is a public Discord, so anyone can join. Uh, you do have to acknowledge that you read the rules. Uh, since we are a community server, uh, that's a little different from private servers uh, on Discord. Uh, we have a great group of mods who always make sure that uh, people are treated with respect and that we keep our community safe. Uh, I will place a link to the Discord in the show notes, and all you need to do is click it, and you will be added into the server, and you can introduce yourself and start chatting away. Now, uh, again, let's talk about our Matt and Matt merchandise. If you want a Matt and Matt hat, shirt, coffee mug, you know, you think of it probably put our logo on it so i will put that link also in the show notes and if you use our merch code m-a-m-p-o-d you will get 10 percent off now let's talk about tonight's episode now tonight on the podcast we will be interviewing and also chatting about the model railroading industry with none other than scott griggs the chief engineer at trains.com scott welcome to the podcast thank you awesome glad to be here Yes, thank you for coming on. We really appreciate uh, your time, uh, you know, coming. I'm sure you're a super busy guy. Uh, so, you know, we appreciate you taking some time out uh, to come on our humble podcast and uh, talk about uh, O-scale model railroading because this is why we have this podcast. We love to do it, and we love to talk about it. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much, uh, man. Thank you. Uh, so tonight we will – Basically, go through our standard interview questions. Uh, then we'll talk about the model railroading industry as a whole. And then, of course, you know, we want to make sure we talk about the trains.com website, uh, which I absolutely love. Uh, let's get started. But before that, Johnny, did you have anything you wanted to bring up? Um, not really. Uh, aside from uh, Matt, if you're saying we can get everything on anything with our, our logo, I'm waiting for a Mustang with the Matt, Matt logo. Uh, get on it. But uh, first and foremost, once again, thank you so much, Scott, for joining us on this episode. Um, your site is known to almost everyone in the model rarity community, so it is a complete honor to have you on, and I can't wait for the amazing discussion we'll have tonight. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. Now, 
a lot of this information I know uh, can be found available on your website. And you have kind of a very in-depth about me section on the trains.com. Uh, but for people that are not aware of that or haven't done that, you know, again, like some of these questions might be found there. Uh, but because we're a podcast, we want to get this on the show. Um, you know, again, some of these questions might uh, sound repetitive. But I do apologize for that. Uh, but we want to make sure we, you know, we have just have a great conversation with you. Sure. That sounds fine. Now, so I guess the, the first question I would like to ask you is, um, are you a big model railroader? Uh, I am and I am not. Uh, depends on how you define that. I mean, I love trains. I've been repairing, buying, selling uh, trains almost my entire life. But I'm not the diehard model railroader that, you know, has a layout in my house and I go down there and work on it every day kind of thing. I've had a couple different layouts, you know, over the course of my life, primarily in my younger years. But I mean, I thoroughly enjoy the hobby. I love model trains, but I'm not, um, you know, a hobbyist, a pure hobbyist in the sense that, you know, I've got my layout. I go downstairs and play with it kind of thing. Gotcha. And that seems to be consistent with the folks that are, you know, a lot of the industry leaders here. You know, you have a, a business to run, right? I mean, you know, uh, the same thing kind of we got with some of the other past guests we had is that, you know, I used to do it, but, you know, obviously there are a lot of life things to come up and, you know, you have a business to run and those are important, but it sounds like you still make time, you know, to, you know, obviously your whole business is centered around model railroading. So uh, you're definitely, uh, you know, it's definitely one of your passions. Oh, absolutely. I'm one of those lucky people that turn my passion into my career. So Awesome. So what is your, uh, this is, <laughs> this is one of these questions that kind of gets everybody. It's, um, and there may be multiple answers, but what is your favorite railroad and why? Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, you know, I really don't particularly have one, but I think if I had to pick one, I would choose the Norfolk and Western. Um, I grew up in Maumee, Ohio, which is right outside of Toledo. And, you know, that's what ran down the tracks that were, you know, a few blocks away from my house. And, you know, a really stupid, <laughs> interesting story about that. I never understood what Norfolk and Western meant until uh, General Electric moved me and my wife to uh, Portsmouth, Virginia, which is right next to Norfolk, which just happens to be on the Atlantic Ocean. And so it's like, oh, that's what that's all about. Of course, it's of course, it's Norfolk. And west of there. So anyway, so I'll, cho I'll choose that just because that's a dumb story. <laughs> no, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> I love that. I think uh, I think you and uh, we have a, a good friend and a big YouTuber, uh, Jason Stuckert, uh, who is also a big uh, uh, Norfolk Southern guy. So I'm sure you guys would get along. I like yep. too. Yeah. In fact, I believe uh, I believe you guys um, have worked with him before. So, yeah. yep. Yep. Awesome. so what is your, uh, what is your personal take on the O scale model railroading industry for the next 10 years? Well, that has changed in the past couple of years. Um, you know, somewhat fortunately or unfortunately, uh, thanks to COVID-19, but, you know, for a long time, you know, prices were, especially in the secondary market, which is, you know, where we play mostly. 
you know, prices were just going down and down and down. And it's like, you know, God, where is where is this going to end? And then uh, and then they kind of stabilized. And then, you know, before COVID, I'd say a year, a year before that. And then with COVID, you know, things have just gone kind of crazy. And, you know, supply is somewhat down. Um, you know, prices are actually going up, which I thought I would never see. Um, I think there's been a major resurgence in the hobby, you know, thanks to everybody being home and then the government sending the money and, and, uh, it's like, gee, I'm going to pull out my trains and, you know, restart my hobby. So, or get into it more. So I think it's got a, you know, I personally think it's got a, a really good future. I mean, there were tons of tons of, well, I, I, you know, I said low supply, I guess, you know, to some extent, maybe on the new side of things, but, you know, on the on the collectible side of things, you know, there's lots of collections available to buy. And again, probably somewhat, you know, due to COVID, unfortunately. Um, but the, but the demand is very strong. So, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's very alive, you know, especially right now. And I, and I, I think it's going to continue. I just kind of what I feel, but I'm all, I'm an optimist. So of course I feel that way. So. Yeah. It's kind of strange that it took an epidemic to, rekindle uh the o scale industry but it makes sense right i mean i was one of those no, i i i was in it before obviously covid uh, and i've been in it for uh at least back into it uh within the last 10 years um i kind of got out of it and you know then i you know you high school college whatever and then uh you know all of a sudden something kind of kicks off and you're like oh, i got to do this and i've been so happy to be back but no, I, I back to your, you know, you know, topic about COVID is yeah, people are home, you know, they got to they got to yeah. do something. They're they're in their house and uh you know, there's only so many things that you can do and uh let me tell you, model railroading is one of those things that you could basically just live in your house and do uh mm-hmm. and um yeah, I I definitely saw like huge spikes in eBay and um some of my local stores were like, you know, that would buy you stuff like there was nothing on the shelves. Like people were just buying up track and uh, accessories and everything. And, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, obviously it's not great that we had to deal with COVID. Um, but on the flip side, it's very wonderful to see people coming back to the O scale, uh, you know, model railroading hobby. Uh, I went to one of my local shops the other day and, um, it was on Saturday and when I was in there, um, two people in a row back to back bought Lion Chief sets for their one was for their grandkids. The other one was uh, for uh, his son. And I'm like, man, this is like I, I like usually going to hobby shops and it's like, you know, you can hear yourself breathe. It's so quiet. And nowadays it's just like, holy cow, like Saturdays and the weekends. It's 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 crazy. And now, like with the restrictions a little bit more smoothed out. Um, it's just, it's, it's really awesome to see. And, and I'm, and I'm very, I'm looking forward to, uh, the direction that we're headed. Yes, I agree. Yeah, for sure. Um, kind of piggybacking off what you said there, Matt, with, with, uh, with the pandemic and, and the lockdown, it's definitely, it gave a, a forceful change and a push in this hobby. That is something that we haven't seen. It's, we were, a lot of folks were pushed towards the direction of online sharing and viewing of other people's layouts and their collection. And it really brought a renaissance to the hobby 
um, you see so many more younger folks coming onto the scene. A lot of the older folks getting more familiar with the technology and sharing what they have. They're, the emergence of so many different name changing and game changing YouTube channels, websites, um, industry leaders reaching out in social media. It's been absolutely insane. And like we said many a times, it, it's a renaissance. Uh, it's another renaissance for the hobby. And it brings so much that it just makes it's. We have a lot of comments from folks in Discord or from Matt and I on our YouTube channels and all, some of our friends who are on YouTube as well to see so many, everybody is so excited, so passionate, so connected, which is something that we haven't been able to see recently. And just a lot of optimism for, for the hobby to come. So it's it's definitely been amazing to see all this growth in the past couple of years. Yes, absolutely. So, Scott, um, again, I know you can we can find this on your website, but maybe you can kind of just tell us about you and maybe how you got started in, uh, you know, model railroading. And then, you know, fast forward you know, where you're at now. Now, again, you don't have to go into super detail and I know folks sure. can find your story online, yeah. but you know, it would be nice to hear it right directly from you. Okay. Yeah. It's, it started when I was a kid. Uh, my father was a mechanic. He worked for a automobile dealer in uh, Toledo, Ohio. And the owner of the auto dealership was older than my dad. His boys quit playing with the train. So my dad bought them for me for one Christmas, you know, set up three or four uh, pieces of plywood in the basement had three or four trains and a ZW. I didn't just have the normal, just oval just to watch the trains go around. And, uh, so I enjoyed playing with that and, uh, you know, running trains into each other, which, you know, my parents didn't think too much of and doing all the other stuff, stupid stuff that kids do with trains, I guess. Um, but I was also just very mechanically inclined and, uh, you know, model trains really lend to themselves to be taken apart and repaired and put back together. And, you know, they're a little complicated, but not really that complicated. So I, I like that aspect of it. And then my grandpa, I, I think the thing that really hooked me was, you know, so I had him when I was, you know, eight or 10 or something. And then my grandpa retired and he thought model trains would be a great hobby. So my dad said, yeah, take Scott's trains. He never plays with them anymore. And I'm like, what? And, uh, you know, so grandpa came over and took all my trains. I hit the ZW because I thought that was awesome. And then my dad says, where's that big transformer at? And it's like, God bless it. So I had to go get it, give it to him. And, uh, and then I started buying HO stuff down at the Woolworth store. I could ride my bike down there and buy cheap HO stuff. So I did that for a couple of years. And then my grandpa got remarried, moved to Atlanta of all places and gave me my trains back and introduced me to a guy in Toledo called Harry Train. And he had a business running out of his basement called Trains Hospital for Trains. And he, you know, was a service station for Lionel and he repaired trains. And my grandpa had taken me down there a couple of times. Then my grandpa told me that he was he was like 80 something and he was selling the business and he wanted to it mainly parts. So he was he sold the wanted to sell the Lionel parts for two grand and the American Flyer parts for three grand. And I didn't really know anything about American Flyer, but I talked to my parents and I said I wanted to buy those Lionel parts and start fixing trains. And so they went to the bank and they got me a $2,000 loan. So when I was 15, a buddy and I took my dad's pickup truck down to Harry Trains, loaded all those parts into the back of pickup truck, one load, brought it back to my parents' garage, took over the garage, and uh, started S&G Electric Train and Appliance Service because I also took a correspondence course uh, repairing small appliances. And then I did that <clears> – <throat> 
my senior, junior, senior year in high school, all through college, kind of built up my little, you know, repair business. But I figured out real quick, you make more money if you go to train shows and you buy trains that don't work. And then you bring them home and you fix them. And then you take them to the next train show and sell them as, you know, refurbished trains. And I, and I, and I had a train store in my parents' garage. So I did all that stuff for five years. And, and, um, and then I, I met my wife actually when I was a junior in high school and, um, you know, she pretty much, she had to pass the test <laughs> that, uh, you better like this train stuff. Cause if you don't, you know, there's no sense wasting any time with me. And so I recruited, recruited her, you know, taking, goes to tra- up in Ohio train shows were generally on Sundays. So we'd go to train shows together and, you know, she'd help me do all that stuff. And Saturdays I'd spend all day fixing trains. And then, um, when it was time to graduate from college, I, I've got an electrical engineering degree. I thought I was going to stay in Toledo, but then it dawned on me that, you know, if I stay in Toledo and I come back to my parents' garage and fix trains every night and every weekend, she's probably going to leave me. So I probably shouldn't do that. So then I decided that I need to sell all my trains, but I'm going to keep the parts and I'm going to keep my collection and I'm going to put that in my parents' basement and I'm going to save that for retirement. So I remember one year my dad and I went to York, took all this stuff that I had in process and all, and you know, we just had tables full of stuff and just had a huge blowout sale at York got rid of all that, found a guy in Lyme, Ohio to come buy all the rest of it and put it back there. And then I graduated from college one weekend, got married the next weekend, and then we went on our honeymoon. And then GE moved me to Erie, Pennsylvania, to the locomotive plant, which was awesome. So GE moved us around for a while, landed landed down here in Atlanta, and then, you know, been a train show weekend warrior for, you know, years. Then finally opened a, our first train store in Atlanta 25 30 years ago. Then I had built that up to three stores and then I went bankrupt. And so, uh, had to go back to work at corporate America, went to work for digital compact HP to kind of build my cash back up. But at the same time I did that, I discovered eBay as soon as I started working for digital equipment and then, you know, had five people working in the basement, uh, as a second train business startup, um, you know, buying, selling, fixing, but now I was buying trains and then selling everything on eBay. And then when we had trains in the garage, the basement, the game room, the dining room, five people working downstairs, my wife was kind of like, uh, you know, this isn't cool. So we rent, we went and rented a 2,500 square face, square foot space, then a 5,000 square foot space right next door, and then moved to a, the two buildings we've got now. And, you know, it just kept going crazy. So we, we, uh, we've been doing this, uh, eBay business. Um, we started out as train site and then we switched the name to trains. And, uh, so we've been doing this online thing for about 23 years now, I think started in 1998. So it's pretty funny. So, and, and actually the other fun thing about eBay, you know, my first sale I made or my first back in the day when eBay first started, I, I, uh, after the bankruptcy, the court let me keep my collection, which was worth about 10 grand. And so I was like dead broke. I mean, no credit cards. I mean, I was dead broke. And but I, the court let me keep the train. So it's like, well, I'm going to try this eBay thing out and try to sell some of my train collection. And I and I listed some Lionel Christmas cars. And I remember some guy said, "Hey, I'll give you 25 bucks for that 19 blah 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 Christmas car." And it's like, heck yeah. So you know, I sold it to him. I took it down, and then somebody who wasn't even bidding on it, you know, left me a negative feedback. So my eBay score. My first eBay score was negative one. So, 
And then the next sale I made was I went to a train store in uh, Dallas, Georgia, and I saw a girl set sitting up on the top shelf that had been sitting there since uh, I think it came out in 1991, maybe. And it was all dusty. I knew they were selling for $7.50 on eBay. He had it in the store for $4.99, which is what they came out at. So I talked my wife into letting me take the money that we had saved for the house payment to buy that set. I told her I could sell it on eBay in seven days, get her money back, pay the house payment, and make a couple hundred bucks. And amazingly, she let me do that. And I had to email the lady that was bidding on the, or at least the lady's name that was bidding on that girl set. And I said, please, please, please pay me. I know my neg- I know my feedback's negative one, but trust me, you know, you're gonna you're gonna send me the money, you're gonna get the set, everything's okay. I just had this weird thing and I started out with negative one. And she did, and so, you know, we've we've uh, just carried on since then. But my start was kind of crazy. <laughs> that's that's a great story. I mean, there's always like, you know, uh bumps in the road and and, and stuff like that, but um you know, you, you kept you kept moving forward, and that's all. That's I mean, that's what you do, right? I mean, you just you know, you you, you roll with the punches. I guess is the best way to put it. So, yeah. But uh, that's that's amazing. Like, uh, you 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 definitely have this huge passion for uh, not only just you know having a collection, but uh, just flipping trains. I mean, that's kind of almost what you're doing, right? You're just like, yeah. uh, and and I've. I'm kind of guilty of it too. Like I, you know, I've purchased some things and, and fixed them and I, I just, I enjoy, I enjoy fixing them. I don't think I would do a business because I got, you know, a million other things I got to do, but um, it's great that you have created this business because I think you filled a spot out there that was kind of empty. I mean, cause I don't, I know you guys sell on eBay, but I look at you differently from eBay. You're like the, you're like the online swap meet, right? Kind of, or the online, you know, where you, you know, you go every month to your down to your uh, local, you know, show train show, but like you're always available like 24 seven and you get, uh, you know, your site has just, you know, great collections, really just unique things that pop up here and there. And, um, I don't want to, sorry, I don't want to delve too much in your website because, you know, we'll, we'll definitely have time for that a little bit later. Um, but, uh, you know, I, your story was great. And I just wanted to say, uh, I mean, thank you for, for letting us, uh, you know, just kind of letting us get in your head and kind of telling us your, your, your history. So, um, it, it was just very, very cool to hear that. Thank you. Yeah, that was amazing. Um, it's, it's amazing to see, uh, see from such humble beginnings to the, the market that you guys have uh, have managed to corner here it's it's awe inspiring to to, to a, a literal rising from the ashes story to being one of the biggest uh, biggest names in secondhand and uh, trains on on the internet here uh, I don't know anybody who you know for myself who I I browse eBay religiously probably more so than anybody probably should but I think we're all guilty <laughs> of that to a degree here um, yeah. but you guys are one of the sellers that I. Uh, I'll I'll look through my categories I've saved, but you guys are a seller that I will check I will check on a daily basis, and I'm I'm pretty sure a lot of folks who listen are in that same boat. So to be able to hear the story that is behind such a a massive uh, seller in the hobby is is absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, thank you. I have I have one more question, and then I'll I'll pass it off to Johnny. Uh, where where did you come up with just 
trains with a Z? Was that just something like a play on like, oh, just we'll just knock the S off, put a Z there, and we'll just be trains? Or was there more to it than that? No, we you know we started out with train site, and uh, actually the you know changing our our name to trains was actually uh, Ken Cummings. Ken is our um, Ken's been working with me for over twenty years. He's the IT genius behind all of our systems um, behind the scenes that that people don't see. But to to run you know um, a business as large as ours with as many transactions and as many inventory SKUs, and to keep track of that and not lose stuff in the warehouse all the time and all those other things that can happen, um, you got to have a really tight IT system and. I don't know, it was probably 15 years ago, um, you know, Ken came up with, man, I think we should call it trains. And it's like, yeah, I don't know, I got train site. I kind of like train site. And it's like, no, trains is a much better name. And it's like, all right, well, you're generally smarter than me, so you're probably right. So, okay, <laughs> um, you know, we'll, we'll do that. So he, he uh, somebody else had bought that domain name, and they were going to use it to sell used uh, real a real train parts, I think, you know, off of real locomotives. So anyway, he tracked the person down because they never did, you know, they never set up a website and talked, found the guy and said, yeah, we want to buy that from you. And, and uh, he says, well, I'll, we'll pay you, you know, so you come out completely, you don't lose a dime. So, you know, tell us how much you spend on everything and, and, you know, we'll pay you that so you don't lose any money. So it was, it was like $274. Okay. And, (laughs) and so, so we got him, so we got him to turn that over to us, you know, for just that piddly amount of money. And then the better part though, is my eBay name was trainsite.com. And so I talked to my eBay rep and it's like, man, I really want my eBay name to be trains, you know, and I've searched trains and it's not being used. And, you know, what's the deal? What can I do to get that? And it's, you know, it's been one of the best things, you know, amazing things that eBay did for me. And, the, and my rep said, it's like, well, you know, I can't just take it away and give it to you, but we do have a process. Um, so I'll, I'll do what, and the process is we notify the person for 60 days and I don't know, they send them two or three emails or whatever. And, you know, at the end of 60 days, if they don't, you know, reply or sell something or whatever they're supposed to do, then we can put it back into the pool of available eBay names. It's like, okay. So he did that and he, and, uh, you know, I kept in touch with him. He says, okay, you know, whatever the deal was. Okay. Next Wednesday at 4.02 PM is when that's going to be available. So you need to start at like four o'clock or 4.01, change your name, change your name, change your name, change your name, you know, and when it comes in, boom, you'll get it. And by God, that's what I did. And like on the 10th try, you know, it says your eBay name has been changed to trains. It's like awesome. So, <laughs> so who knew eBay would do such a thing for you? You know, that I know, was, right? that was a, a long time ago when we were way, way smaller than what we are now. So, but anyway, that was pretty cool. That's awesome. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Well, uh, that's at least the end of uh, my direct interview questions. I'll go ahead uh, and pass it uh Pass it over to Johnny. See if he's got anything for you. Thank you, Matt. All right. So I'll, I'm going to take this in a little bit more of a different direction here. I'm going to focus a little bit more on the the business, kind of a little bit of what you've experienced running the business and kind of your take because you have a very unique perspective on the hobby that um, that not many people have gone through here. So kind of starting off on, a, on something you mentioned earlier, 
in terms of the York show, uh, which is something that both Matt and I got to experience recently. We saw that you guys had a booth at York this year, and I'm pretty sure, Matt, didn't you actually snag something from the train's booth this year at York? Or am I am I thinking of something else? Uh, no, I actually did. Uh, bought a little uh, Atlas uh, O-scale Santa Fe switcher. He's guilty, guys. He emptied his wallet at, at, at the trains booth. But uh, but yeah, it was really impressive to see you guys at uh, at York. And my question was going to I would like to start off with was um, what is it like being a big online re- retailer, being at the York show? What experiences do you really like about the York show? And and kind of what 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 aspects of being there physically did you did you really enjoy as years have gone on? Okay. Well, I think that's the 80 something time I've been to York. So I'm one of these crazy people that, you know, I never miss it. There was a few times back in the bankruptcy and all that kind of stuff that I I actually didn't like trains for a few months. And so I didn't go, which is hard to believe. But uh, but to answer your question, I mean, I, I like I don't know. It's exciting. You know what I mean? I like I like talking to people. I like meeting people. I like doing deals with trains. Um. Uh, I like hearing, uh, you know, the positive comments from people. Um, I love that we rarely get negative comments, which, you know, the years past, we had some issues in our shipping department. And, you know, I think I had a half a dozen people come up to me and, you know, get, you know, ream me out for packing issues. And, and it's like, yeah, yeah, I know I'm working on that. I'm working on that. But, you know, we've, we've got a really great shipping team now and, you know, that's, we've kind of fixed all that. Um, but really it's just, it's, it's fun to talk to people. And, you know, I, I know know, hundreds of people from over the years. So it's kind of like, you know, a little bit of a family reunion thing and meeting new people all the time. And, um, you know, I like selling trains. So I kind of like, you know, all the sales we do. And, um, this past York, it was insane because I had always wanted to be on that back, on that back aisle in the, in the, in the hall there. And I've always been one 10 foot booth away. Um, and the, the guy between me and the aisle would never sell me his booth and he wouldn't, wouldn't move. And it was always a pain. And, uh, so I've been, I've been literally after the York people for 10 years to get back on that back aisle. That's just where I want to be. And then of course this year, you know, everything went nuts with, uh, MTH not being there and Charlie Rowe not showing up and, uh, um, Craig Cobra at Town and Country Hobbies wasn't there. And so, I mean, there was this massive, you know, uh, 100-foot length on the back wall that was open. So so I said, yeah, I'll, I'm going to upgrade and basically take the Town and Country Hobbies booth, which was a 20 by 20, 16, uh, no, 20 by 20. And my other booth was a 15 by, 15 by 30, I guess. It was like 50% bigger. Well, I got there, and the the posts were like, not where they were supposed to be. They were like way far apart. And so I went up to the front, I looked at the map and said, you know, I looked at it and like, yeah, sure enough, it's saying that my booth should all go all the way down, you know, just to the left of, you know, one of the columns. And we measured and it's like, holy crap, it's 20 by 50, you know? And it's like, we had, we had, uh, our, our normally what we do to, when we go to York is we've got a truck and, uh, we'll stop and pick up a collection or two between Georgia and York. And that's what we sell at York. And then whatever we don't sell, we just bring it back and we, we list it online like everything else. And this particular time, like two days before York, we had picked up this massive collection in Atlanta that basically filled up our 26 foot truck. 
So we had to unload a little bit of it to get our show stuff in there. And then the guys just, you know, they drove up the truck. So I had literally a 26 foot truckload, floor to ceiling of trains. And then I, I was, uh, the York people, you know, decided that I should have a 50 foot long booth instead of a 20 foot long booth. And I was betting on, since this was the first York in, you know, a couple of years that York is back, that it's going to be gangbusters. So normally we'd bring three people to the show. This time I brought five people to the show because I was expecting all this pent up demand. And as it turned out, I had this ginormous booth and then the pent up demand showed up. Holy crap. And so we just, we just had a blowout. I mean, it was fantastic. So every once in a while I get it right. (laughs) Yeah. You guys had an extremely impressive display. Uh, Now, like I said, this was our first time ever going to York, but walking in that first day and seeing your guys' booth and how one massive it was, and also very, very clean and organized at the same time. You, your booth looked really sleek, and I know a lot of us, uh, Matt, here at the, the podcast, a lot of us YouTube guys, we, we spent we spent a fair amount of time poking through that collection. There were some some absolute gems, so mm-hmm. um, I can't wait to see what you guys have coming up in the future for, for <laughs> next year. So we'll definitely be there to, I, to yeah, enter I couldn't even I, I couldn't even tell you. It's too early yet. I don't know what we're picking <laughs> up to have there, so that's, that's what we'll have. Uh, no, no sneak peeks yet, darn. <laughs> yeah have no idea but that's that's definitely amazing um but yeah thank you for for giving us a little bit of a behind the scenes stuff on on, on york side that's something that i i'm extremely curious about yeah and and actually the york tca show i think it was they tricked me because <laughs> i was so excited about having that giant booth and on the back wall uh i ordered a 20 foot by 50 foot booth you know for this coming uh this coming spring so they managed to to upgrade me from a 15 by 20 to a 20 by 50. So it worked out well, them giving me that free extra 30 feet because now I bought it. <laughs> well, it looks like it was a worthy investment then. And for all those of you guys going to uh, to the next York show, uh, make sure you stop by, say hi to Scott then. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, one other thing I wanted to ask was, so you've obviously been selling trains for a while now. And as as time goes on, there's trends. Things get some things get more popular. Or th- some things aren't not nearly as popular. What trends have you seen in the past, let's say, ten years? What items did you see were really, really popular uh, ten years ago, and what items were popular back then that are don't sell as much as they used to now? Um, can I run some reports on my computer and get back to you on that? Because <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, we sell so much stuff. And so much of it's, you know, one of a kind. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I just, I can't really answer that, believe it or not. Uh, I mean, the only thing in general I would say is I know that, you know, um, things that have, uh, you know, legacy and, uh, uh, you know, Proto 2, Proto 3, you know, kind of the latest electronic stuff is always, you know, super hot um, compared to the, you know, the older technology stuff. But... You know, man, I can't really, I can't pinpoint it down to say, oh man, Berkshires are selling great this year. You know, it's like, hell, I don't know. They might be, but you know, we, we sell, um, just in the, you know, used collectible train space. I mean, on Mondays, we typically ship out about 1100 orders and then during the week and during the week, it's about 500 a day. 
So, well, and I guess that's new stuff too. That's new and used in its parts. It's everything. Um, but there's just this constant stream of stuff coming in and constant stream going out and hell, I don't know what's selling good. You know, everything sells. Because, <laughs> <Everything's> selling. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, because part of our business model now is we mark everything down. Okay. So we start everything at a fixed price at, uh, at kind of where we think the, the market is. And then, um, if it doesn't sell, then we, our systems just automatically mark it down every week until it sells. So, you know, oh, and that goes for about a six month period. So after about six months, we've sold 98% of what we started with. So it's pretty slick. Yeah. And that, that system definitely works. Um, there's definitely times where, um, I, friends of Matt's and I have, have sat there we looking at him. We were like, Oh, you know, we really want that, but we can't swing it or it's a little bit out of our price range. So that auto that, when that marks down over time, it makes the item more enticing. And it's hard to say no to them. So definitely a very effective strategy. But that's really, that's really interesting. Um, But you said that, so kind of piggybacking off what you said earlier, um, how a lot of them are very unique items and a lot of one of a kinds. Um, I know this is another difficult question, but are there any unique items that stood out to you personally? It doesn't have to be anything like specific or just be something general where you're like, I lo- you looked at it and you're like, what the heck is this thing? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, especially late, lately because uh, Cindy, who is our production manager, she sets all of our prices. So our systems um, uh, suggest what we should sell things for. And, and then she goes online a lot and, you know, looks at past uh, history sales and, um, she's always trying to, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't, can't think of the right phrase, but basically get the highest price in the world for something, you know, and, and some of the stuff she sets prices on and then, you know, people actually paid for that. And, you know, my brain is like, you know, that should be a $500 item. And then it sells for like eight. And it's like, how did that happen? You know, uh, because we didn't auction it. So it's not, you know, it's not getting bid up. It's literally somebody had to start it at that ridiculous price, which is Cindy. And, uh, and it's like, and she said, yeah, man, you know, I did some research and I sold somebody else sold one for 800. So I started ours there. It's like, okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's pretty wild, but you know, I'll, I'll tell you one story. The, uh, you know, the most expensive thing we ever sold at trains was a box so far. So, <laughs> which, you know, I, I tell people, you know, especially people that have know nothing about trains, I tell them, you know, cause a lot of people will say, what's the most expensive thing you sold? And it's like, well, you won't believe it, but it's a cardboard box. And they're like, what? And, um, <laughs> you know, it was the, it was the set box for the, um, the state set, um, that, uh, you remember the one that stout sold the, you know, the world record model train set. It was the state set stout sold for. I don't know, it's been five or 10 years ago and they got $276,000 or something for it to a, uh, to a guy out in California. And, uh, so anyway, so I, I, (laughs) a little bit of a funny story. These people, you know, called us from, uh, Minneapolis, I think. And, and they said, you know, our dad died or grandpa died and he's got all these standard gauge trains and they're mint, you know, absolutely mint, brand new. And it's like, "Mm, I don't think so. You know, you just don't find mint standard gauge trains. And they're like, oh, absolutely. They've never been used. They're in this room, and they're just amazing. And they sent us pictures. And, of course, you can't tell anything from pictures. And so I figure out a price, and I think I offered them like thirty dollars or $32,000, you know, assuming everything is mint. 
And they're like, oh, yeah, guarantee it. So it's all right. So I jump on a plane, fly up there one way. I rented a minivan because it wasn't in the big scheme of things. It wasn't that much stuff. And so, you know, um, I was going to go up there, buy it, put it in the minivan and come back. Well, you know, I walk in the room, I look at it, you know, in two seconds. It's like, God bless it. You know, these things are not mint. I mean, my God, I can just look at them, you know, standing here in a room and see scratches and scuff marks. And it's like, oh, stupid people. You know, it drives me crazy. And so it's like, well, my 30000 something dollar offer, that's out the window because these are not mint. And, and they're, well, what would you give us for? I'm like, well, I got to redo it all. So, you know, I work on figuring out everything. And they're like, oh, we got some stuff back here in the bedroom, too. And it's like, okay. So I go back in the bedroom. That's like, holy crap. This magnificent standard gauge state set box is sitting on the bed. And it's like, they didn't tell me they had that. And the label is just perfect. And it's like, oh, my God this is just too good to be true. And, uh, and so it's like, you know, what's that worth? You know, hell, I don't know who sells a state set box, you know, nobody. And especially one that fantastic. And the guy had the state set that went in it. And it was the one where they, the, the, uh, the 381 wasn't big enough to pull four cars. So you could send the 381 back to Lionel and they'd replace it with a 408, which had two motors and then, and then paint it to, uh, you know, to match. And so it's like, and the X's are on the boxes and all the cool stuff that, you know, you know, it's the real deal. And so anyway, so I ended up buying everything and I'm calling a friend of mine, John Schleicher down in Florida. And it's like, John, what's this box worth? You know, he says, send me pictures, you know? And so I'm sending him all these crazy detailed pictures, you know, that are super huge. And, and so he's trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure it out. And it's like, you know, I'm going to call the guy that bought that state set in Florida. So, you know, I, I looked him up, I got his number and I called him and I said, Hey, I just wanted to let you know, I got a, I got a box for that state set like that one that you bought, you know, a couple of years ago at York, or you, you by chance interested in that? He's like, as a matter of fact, I am, I've got another set that I need a box for. And it's like, awesome. And uh, he said, send me some pictures. So I sent him all those super high res pictures and he got back to me, you know, a few days later and, and he said, yep, I'm interested. And I said, well, what do you give me for it? And he said, I'll give you 15 grand for it. And I'm like, wow, that sounds, that sounds pretty good. I said, well, let me think about that, you know, as I'm about fell out of my chair. And uh, <laughs> I said, I'll, I'll, have, I'll have to think on that and check with a couple of people. I'll call you back tomorrow. You know, hang up the phone, run downstairs. Melinda, you won't believe what happened. That guy offered me 15 grand for that box. I can't believe it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was thinking it was, you know, seven, eight, you know, maybe 10, you know. And, and I was scared to put it on eBay and auction it because it's like, oh, God, what if it only goes for five? And, you know, it's like, ugh. So anyway, yeah, so we built a wooden crate for that box. And, uh, you know, we shipped out this massive wooden crate with that box in there. And he's like, man, I've never seen anything packed that good. And it's like, I'm not taking a chance with FedEx sticking some kind of sharp <laughs> object through that box, let me tell you. <laughs> so anyway, that's my, that's my cool um, my cool train story. <laughs> that's, that's great. That's <laughs> It's a shame that Matt Z isn't here tonight because he is the grand collector of boxes. I think that man has more no. boxes than trades. Oh, yeah. He's point. the grand poobah of boxes for sure. <laughs> All right. Yep. He refuses to touch any item without a box. And if he if you add the word shipper, it's a guaranteed sale. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't understand that, but okay. And neither do we. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of a box person. I like original boxes. The shipper, I could, you know. Take it yeah. or leave it, but uh, give me the original. I'll usually pass almost 99% of the time. I'll pass on things. So the box, just because it's a thing, but uh, 
um, yeah, that's just everyone's, you know, everyone's got their own yeah. little thing. So, right. Oh, I get, I get the box. Totally get that. Just the shipper box. That's a little out there for me. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when people say, would you please, it's in the shipper container. Would you please box that inside another box? It's like, oh my God, really? So anyway, I, I'm the I'm complete opposite. I'm just like, if the train arrives in a good condition, fine by me. I, I bought an engine, not from you guys, but some other I'm some other seller on eBay. I bought a uh, Union Pacific Heritage unit from Lionel from a gentleman, and he had shipped it to me. And he had put it in the world's thinnest box with the <laughs> with the most minimal amount of bubble wrap imaginable. I, it, when it arrived at my doorstep, the fragile tape that was used by UPS to ship it was what held the box together. Not his tape. His tape had already blown oh. off and was gone with the wind. <laughs> Wow. And I was like, all right, well, at least it's the train at least okay. I put it on my workbench. I'm turning the box around, and I see this ginormous hole. I'm like, you're kidding me. I could reach my hand into the box and feel the engine. And <laughs> it was in pieces. But I was like, you know what? If it runs, it's fine. Yeah. Take it out of the box, and by some blessed miracle, the thing runs like a champion. So, hmm. you know, awesome. Matt would crucify me, but, you know, I don't. I'm not, yeah. It's a good deal. I don't mind, but that's insane. That think that one of the the, the highest uh, value items from you guys was was a box. That that must have been an awesome box to see in person. Must have been surreal. It, it really was. It really was. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that story with us. Um, and then I'll I'll move on to another question I had here, which would be, what advice would you give to someone who is wanting to either start selling trains or more, I think more commonly, someone who is curious about buying secondhand trains. Because for myself, I got back into the hobby maybe, oh goodness, maybe like three or four years ago. And hopping onto the world of buying secondhand trains, especially on something like eBay, for example, was extremely daunting, but also alluring. What advice would you give someone for that? Hmm. Oh gosh. Um, I get just buy everything from trains and they don't have to worry about it. It's pretty simple. That's a pretty, um, that's actually pretty good advice. <laughs> honestly. You can't go wrong with you guys. That's the best answer you can give. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I mean, in, in reality, I mean, that's what eBay's got all their, their feedback system numbers on there for, right? What their percentage of positive feedbacks and how many feedbacks they've got. And I mean, when you buy on eBay, they're, they're, all about you know provide uh, you know providing a marketplace for a safe transaction. eBay takes that super seriously, um, you know, so that you're protected with PayPal and all that other stuff. So it's it's a it's a pretty safe bet these days that you know whatever you see on eBay and you're going to buy, and and you got to read the ads too. I mean, um, you know, all of our ads say. You know, we guarantee all our stuff. You know, you can send it back. If something's wrong, we'll take care of you. We, we try to, you know, really emphasize that. And it's, but it's amazing to me. I was just, I've been doing a lot of pricing research this past weekend. And, you know, how many sellers are just like no returns, no adjustments. You know, what you see is what you got. You know, if you don't like it, don't bid on it. You know, it's like, hmm, wow, that's really friendly. But there's still tons of people doing that. So it's like, unless I really, really had to have something that somebody like that sells, it's like, mm, I think I'll wait and buy it from somebody else because you never know what's going to go wrong in the, in the postal service or, you know, UPS, FedEx, whatever. And, and 
you know, the best of us, we still miss stuff that we, you know, shoot, we didn't notice that, you know, it's not intentional. I'm not trying to deceive you, but you know, we make mistakes and especially at my company. I mean, we've got almost 70 people that work there now and almost all of them are not trained people. Okay. So we do a lot of training and uh, we, we have a lot of systems checks and quality control checks to, you know, make sure we get it right, but we don't always get it right. And so, you know, the best I can do is if we screw it up, we'll make it right. You know, we'll either fix it for you and, uh, and send it back. We'll send you a replacement if we can, which is usually not possible. Um, or, you know, we'll send you a call tag and we refund all your money shipping both ways and we, and we just take care of it for you. So it's like, I know it's inconvenient, but you know, at the end of the day, you're not really out any money. You're out a little bit of a, a little bit of your time, but you know, for me, that's just the right, you know, look for businesses and individuals that, you know, that's their policies is take care of the customer. So. Yeah, for and, sure. And, gen- and generally that's very apparent in the way they write their ads, you know, because <laughs> some people just don't care. It's like, I don't want this thing coming back. One guy even put in there, I was reading his stuff, you know, and if you do, you can't send anything back, but if you do send it back, it's going to be a 50% restocking charge. And it's like, well, that's friendly. So anyway, I think that's, I think that's one of the things that uh, has drawn me to your website as well, because uh, you know, again, I've made, a good amount of purchases. Um, I definitely think your 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 rating system is pretty brutally honest. In fact, I, I think you almost underrate a lot of your things. Like a lot of your like C sevens are like like C eight and a halves or yeah. C nines. Like I've got right. stuff where it was like C C seven, and I pulled out, and I'm like, this is like brand new. Like this is fantastic. And and I understand why you do that too. It's it's better to underrate something then overrate something because it's, you know, because then when you take it out of the box, you're very pleasantly surprised by it. So I I appreciate your rating system. And I do appreciate that you, in your description for all your stuff, you, you you basically say like, you know, look, there's a, there's a scratch here. There's a scratch here. Here's the photos. Take a look at it. We don't have the original box, but we do have the manual. You basically tell everything that we want to know. And then you go on eBay, and this is not to say anything about better, but eBay, because, you know, there are some sellers that are great, but some sellers are like, yeah, I'm selling this. And it's like, you don't even get the model number. Right. <laughs> it's like, yep. oh, how do I know what this is? So I have to email you, and now I have to dig into, like, what you're selling. I'm like, oh, all right, you know, I'll, I'll go to trades. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I try. I mean, we try to make it, you know, super easy, you know, smooth transaction. I really don't want you to have to contact customer service because that, that costs me money. You know, I want to do everything I can to get it right the first time, period, you know. And, uh, and you know, why do I want to hide something that, you know, you're obviously not going to like if I don't tell you about it. Um, I just tell you everything up front so that you know what you're buying and you keep it. You know, I don't want you to send it back because then I got to pay for it. And so, I mean, I don't have to, but I mean, I generally do. And it's just, it's just not cool. Yeah. Your, you guys' customer service is something to be very proud of. Uh, something that a lot of the folks who have bought from you are very, very happy with. And something that even, even when he's not on a podcast talking with you directly and Matt goes on and on about how much he appreciates your guys' customer service. He's he's talking about times where he's gotten something and he has been 100% happy with it, and you guys have gone above and beyond to make him happy. Um, I've been a customer of yours as well. Every item I bought from you guys has been amazing. I've loved it. I've kept all of it. Not a single thing I've had to send back. And 
you guys are a great resource for anybody who was trying to expand their collection and find some absolute gems. There's times where we've uh, been on a late night Discord call and we're like, hey, Drain just uploaded their stuff on eBay. Let's check the new listings. And then we'll have this scouring <laughs> party and then we'll find that one item and we'll be talking in, in hushed whispers as we're like, oh my God, I can't believe they have, they have this. We want it. We want it. But it's a, it's a great resource. And for anybody who is coming back into the hobby, Trains is definitely a place I we cannot recommend enough. And this is coming from genuine customer feedback, not just because Scott's here and we have to be nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of Trains uh, website links in our Discord server. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, definitely. Hey, check this out. Were you looking for this? You know, everybody has those, you know, railroads they love and. You know, I'm a huge Santa Fe guy and Burlington Northern guy. So, you know, any any BNSF that pops up with our new, you know, people are like just like giving me links like, hey, this just came up, you know. Every day like um, it appears gets sent to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But spe- so speaking of that, let's maybe this is a good time unless you had anything else, Johnny. No, I I, I think I would have had is, is general. So at this point, okay. if you want to open up the floor, go for it, man. I was going to just kind of segue into your membership plans. Okay. Um, I thought that was kind of a kind of a great topic to cover uh because um I have uh the private car one and I have been very very happy with it. Um you know, I would say the fact that you offer that, you know, hey, you, you buy stuff from here, you you, you purchase stuff and we're going to give you, you know, credit back so to speak. And then you can use yeah. that credit to to buy what you want, but you know, in the grander scheme of things, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't take much to get your money back uh, on that private car, uh, if you ask me. Now, again, it's not for everybody, but, yep. you know, a, a trained person like me, I, I like, I'll be honest with you, like when I came back to the uh, O-Scale Model Railroading, um, I was really big into buying everything new. Um, I was very, very against used. I'm like, I don't want used. I'm just buying new. And I would say that in the last probably five years, that has completely flipped on itself. I am now, I would honestly rather buy great used stuff um, than new stuff. Now, there's plenty of new things out there that are unique or you can't find any that, that, you know, have only been made a few times and they're hard to find. And that's fine. Or a specific model that you've been waiting for for a long time. But in, in the grander scheme of things, like the used train market, I think is a very affordable and efficient way to get back into the hobby uh, because you can just find some really great gem, gems at a really great price. And I think that's where your your membership plans come into play. And, and you, you just don't have one. You have different tiers. So it kind of like there's, there's a membership plan like for everybody, right? So, right. yeah. Okay, so how, we just revamped that um, last month, so we've made it a little simpler. Um, so basically, um, everything that you buy off of our website at trains.com, once you sign up to be a, a member, which doesn't cost, you know, the one plan doesn't cost you anything. For every dollar you spend, you know, you get, a, you get uh, or shoot, it's not a dollar per point. Or maybe it's a, it's you know roughly a dollar per point or whatever the heck it is. I guess I forgot how we did the math um, for for everything you buy there, and then you can redeem those points later for you know discounts off of your 
off of your future purchases. And the points just continue to accrue, and you can use however many points you know you want to use. Um, and then we have the the private car plan, the premium membership plan, and we use that in conjunction with the the uh, the preview window on our website. Everything that we everything that we get and we put up for sale, we put on our website first under the private car preview section for a week. Um, and so only, the only people that can buy those are as if you're a private private car member. And then after that week, um, then anybody on the website can buy it. And then after the second week, then we replicate it on eBay. So everything that's on eBay is also on our website at the same time. And we've tuned up our software so that we've got about a 15-minute window that if you buy it on eBay, you know, within 15 minutes, it's off the website and vice versa. So occasionally, you know, we run into problems where, you know, within five minutes, two people buy the same thing. You know, somebody buys it on the website, somebody buys it on eBay. But that happens about four to five times a month. So, you know, based on the volume that we're doing, you know, we think that's working really well. And I know it's disappointing to the person that didn't get it, but um, the ability for us to be able to sell our stuff in both places at the same time, you know, is a business trade-off that, you know, we've decided to make. And that private car membership, uh, you know, basically costs 10 bucks a month. Um, the other nice thing about the private car membership is you get five times the points of the basic membership. Um, so you get five points for dollar spent instead of just one. Um, but we also revamped it a little bit to reward people that spend a lot of money. So even if you don't buy the private car membership, you know, once you've spent over, I think a thousand dollars, you get two points per membership. And once you've spent over, I want to say three or 5,000, you get three point or uh, yeah, three points per, per membership thing. So we really only have two membership levels, but we're also rewarding people that spend a lot of money with, with more points without buying the private car. But they don't have the advantage of being able to buy stuff in the first week when we throw it out there. And believe it or not, we sell uh, probably 8% of our stuff in that private car week. So um, it, it's, uh, it's an interesting dynamic, I guess. Yeah, and thanks for bringing up the uh, the topic around synchronizing your eBay purchasing and your trains.com purchasing because it was actually something I was going to ask you about. Like, how do you, like, you know, what, what was the what's the time that you have on there? Because you know, obviously, there's no system unless it's some type of proprietary customized system that will sync things up, which. I don't even know exists, but I'm sure someone could build it. But uh, I'm sure you have other ways to, to figure that out. But you said you had like a 15 minute window, which I think is that's that's still pretty good. I mean, and I mean, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, that's just I mean, you're going to run into that, you know, no matter what I would say. Right. But that was yeah, that's, it's, it's as fast as the APIs can process stuff between eBay and our system and uh, Channel Advisor, which is another system that we use in between us and eBay. So literally, it's as fast as those systems sync with each other. And I mean, it's not it's not 15 minutes. I mean, it might be two minutes. You know, it's right. just it's just depending on how fast the sync you know the sync gets back through. So, so but it's a lot of that's proprietary stuff that 
that we spent months building. So gotcha. So so who gets it? Who who takes precedence? The uh, the trains or the eBay or is it no, just depending on the time it, it was purchased? It, 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 yeah, it's whoever ordered it first. Okay, so, gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, okay, that's that's the fairest way to do it. So yep, I agree. And sometimes that's literally like two minutes and it's like, oh, man, that's, wow, that's, that's, ter- that's terrible. But it's like it is what it is. So and we and we had some bumps in the road on that. But we get a report every day if there's I mean, we get a report if there's anything on the report that shows um, management where we over, you know, we double sold something. And you can tell by the order numbers if everything's working. You know, if the order numbers are off by, a, uh, you know, a few a few numbers it's legit. But if it's off by like 400, then it's like, okay, something went wrong. IT go figure out what the heck happened this time. And we went through several iterations of that, you know, months ago, kind of tuning it up. But I don't think I've seen any of those that aren't legitimate in the last, I don't know, three or four months. So I, I think we finally got it working perfect. So. And you guys are actually have just more than just like model trains, right? I mean, I mean, I've gone on your site and like, all kinds of like model kits and model, uh, you know, diecast models, action figures. Like you've yeah. definitely extended beyond, you know, model railroading. I mean, you're definitely uh, kind of, kind of sinking your 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 hands into di- different pots, so to speak. Well, well, I mean, there's a couple of reasons for that. Probably the biggest reason is you know we we sell most of our business is selling you know collectible pre-owned trains, but we also sell all the new trains. And since we're pretty IT savvy, um, we get data feeds from all the model train distributors and hobby distributors in the country. So we know basically what every distributor has in their warehouse every day. And so we've built, um, well, it's kind of a manual feed, but you know, almost a, a feed where we update our inventory every day um, with what all those people have. And that's when you'll see on, on some of the stuff, you know, it says it ships in five days. That's because we knew yesterday, you know, a, a hobby distributor said they had this thing in stock. And if you buy it from us, we're going to send a purchase order to them in the morning and they're going to ship it to us and we're going to ship it out. But most of them will also drop ship for us. So, you know, we say we've got it in stock, ships the next day. That means you order it from us today. We send them a purchase order and they ship it out from their warehouse straight to you the next day. So, that's how we've managed. If you look, if on, on our website, I get a report every day. And I think this morning we got 122,000 things listed on our website. We've got about, uh, I think, 70,000 of those in stock. So the other 50,000 are coming from, you know, hobby distributors. And I mean, I, I, I read some crap about that from people that say, you know, you shouldn't sell stuff that you don't have in stock. And, and it's like, yeah, it doesn't work perfect all the time, but it works pretty darn perfect most of the time. And it's like, what would you rather have? Would you rather have a perfect system of only the stuff that I have in stock? Or would you like the variety that the world has to offer from one place? Cause we know, we know who's got everything and we can get it for you. And you know, so that's what we do. Now we list all 120,000 things on our website. But all the small stuff that we don't have in stock, we don't list on eBay. So basically, our rule is if it's under $25 and we don't have it in stock, we don't list it on eBay. So there's about 80-some thousand things on eBay, 120,000 on the website. So So if you want the complete modeling experience and you want to buy every color of, you know, the little testers paints bottles that we may or may not have in stock, um, you're going to find all those on the website. You won't find 
if we got it in stock, you'll find it on eBay, but it'll be random colors, for example, you know, from the hobby store that we bought out. And those are the 17 colors we got left instead of the, you know, 107 colors that testers makes or whatever. Um, but you'll find all 107 of them on the website, assuming we got them and any distributor in the country has, you know, all the colors, which they usually do. So that's another kind of secret behind, you know, where all our inventory comes from. Gotcha. Now, is there anything you could tell us, like, do you guys have any, uh, announcements or big plans or any, you know, besides, you know, you guys revamped your membership level, uh, section, but uh, is there kind of any spoilers or little hints you can give us to anything coming up soon uh, on the trains.com uh, website? Um, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you some, a, a big thing that I'm actually flying out to do tomorrow is uh, we are also pretty big in the parts business. Um, you know, we buy parts inventories. We get parts from, you know, all these people that we buy their trains in their basement. And a lot of guys have two or three of those acro mill parts cabinets with parts. And so we've got a pretty robust parts team. We've got about 18,000 different parts for sale right now, I think. Um, but the, the big thing that we just did is, uh, for people that have been around, especially if you're uh, into repairing post-war trains, um, we just bought out George Tebolt. Um, George has been in the parts business for, oh my God, 30 or 40 or 50 years. And George passed away last year. And, uh, I just, I reached a deal with Agnes, his wife that I've known forever. And, uh, so we're going up there. Um, actually we're picking up his stuff and uh, Chris Rossbach, which was also another big parts dealer, um, up in New York, about a, about an hour away from him. So we're going to be loading up two Penske trucks primarily with parts. So trains is going to be like the parts supplier, you know, wholesale parts supplier for the rest of the country, kind of like what George was for all those years when he made parts. So, um, even though we do so much in trains, I, you know, I, I told you my story about buying the train parts when I was a kid and I, I, something happened in my brain that it's like, Ooh, I should screw around with all these parts that cost a quarter instead of just messing around with $500 engines. That ought to be fun. I'm sure I can make money doing that. So, but anyway, but it's, uh, to me, it's a service to the hobby and I, I enjoy it. I know it really well. So, um, nobody knows that, uh, other than you guys right now that we've actually done that other than about a dozen of the big wholesale accounts that Agnes told what was going on. So, wow, that's, that is, that is super exciting. Um, thanks for sharing that with us and, uh, and to kind of like, uh, on top of, you know, your comment about this, the service industry is, you know, a lot of people are kind of hesitant to buy older trains uh, because of the lack of parts. I mean, to me, like parts are 100% necessary for things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I I work in the automobile industry and and I deal with, with, you know, parts and stuff like that, like car parts and stuff like that. So I understand how those two work hand in hand. And, you know, having a supplier like that, having somebody where you can kind of reach out and know, like, okay, if I buy this engine, if I need to replace something, no problem. I know where to get part X, Y, Z. And that's very reassuring to people. And obviously, it's good for you to share that with the community, but also for your all of your in-house repairs as well, I'm sure. Right, right. Yeah, we've got five repair guys. We don't really do external repairs. I mean, we've got that whole repair department just to fix all the stuff that we get. 
and to fix the stuff that you know we send to customers and it doesn't work so we, they send it back we fix it and we return it to them and the other nice thing about having all the parts there on site too is if we sell somebody a train and the bell broke off or something like that hey we'll just send you another bell you know what i mean we've got it in stock we ship it out tomorrow so it kind of makes it easier for us to kind of take care of a lot of customer service issues like that as well um the other the other big thing that's coming up it's kind of funny i there was a post on the ogage uh, forum i don't know a couple weeks ago uh we did something and and i know some guy he tagged our post and then he just put a random comment out there and he's like and there's no good o scale you know ogage o scale trains on ebay right now you know it's just like there isn't any good ones to buy well we we uh, like i was telling you before the show we were just up in chicago last week and uh, we filled up two Penske trucks with about a half a million dollars worth of modern O-scale trains. So uh, just wait for that stuff to come online, and you will see there will be tons of O-scale great <laughs> model trains ready to go. So it's pretty awesome. No, no, I'm disappointed that I didn't go to this person's house when they <laughs> before you picked them up. Like, where do they live? Like, I could have went to their house and like offered oh, it them. Was, <laughs> it was. I mean. I, <laughs> I mean, when when you have shelves full of challengers and big boys and cab forwards and they're like five deep and you've got shelf after shelf by road name of all this just big steam, it's just like, are you freaking kidding me? It's I think the guy had every, you know, from every manufacturer, you know, every era of electronics, every road number you could imagine. He had over 500. O gauge modern steam and diesels. I mean, wow. and every one was different. He didn't have two of the same one, which is a miracle. Oh my word! I can't. It's like it's collections like that that, that boggle the mind. I yep. I love hearing I love hearing when people acquire new collections from from folks because you get to hear what people's collecting habits were. Um, there's a there's a local shop out here that Matt and I frequent. Um, they just he just acquired some gentleman's collection, and the story behind that was. He had collected trains all his life, never had a layout, and never told his wife. He'd oh, yeah. ride the train, hide it away, <laughs> and she yep. did not discover it till after his passing. And she'd found it stashed away in the corner of the house. And wow. he yep. had the oddest collecting behavior because he refused to buy pasture sets and four-car four sets. He'd only buy them in two-packs. And he'd hmm. only buy Chicago Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Or the Tropicana juice train. I think I've seen every <laughs> Tropicana juice train ever, like car manufactured from every O scale manufacturer in this one hobby shop. I've never seen so many Tropicana cars in my life. I guess, yeah. Maybe he liked orange juice. Uh, maybe, maybe he did. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other fun fact, you know, when you were talking about buying used versus new trains, I mean, certainly the used trains are, you know, generally more affordable. But the interesting thing that I find. Is I mean we we buy collections all over the country. I, I think right now we got like fifty five of them to pick up. So I mean we 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 got I forgot five of us flying out tomorrow. Three of us are going to New York. Two of us are going to Chicago to pick up Penske trucks and load up trains and bring them back. But the the interesting thing is I would say uh, take a guess sixty seventy seventy five percent of the trains we buy are still brand new. So when you think of quote unquote used trains, you know, they're still most of the people they're buying the dream because they're going to buy all this stuff. They're going to put it on the walls. They're going to build the layout. But it's just so fun to buy, buy, buy that they just keep buying and buying and buying. And then they get old and then it's like, well, I guess I'm not going to build the layout. 
but they just have literally storage lockers and basements full of brand new stuff. It's amazing. I so. I believe that without a doubt. Like that is true. Just from the stuff that I've purchased and found. I mean, it's amazing the things that you find like unopened. Like yeah. like uh, I found a uh, like a couple years ago. I found a, a Lionel Legacy Team CC uh, Santa Fe Northern. I was the first person to ever open that box. Yeah. It was, I was like, wait a minute. This is like, this was like 19 years old at this point. And I'm like, I was the first person to actually undo the flap and open it up. I'm like, this is like unreal. Just it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's fantastic. I, I love new used stuff right? Right. or new old or used old stuff. I don't know. However you want to put it, but uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. Did you have your Indiana Jones hat on and you, you had to swap it out to make sure you didn't start with booby traps when you opened it, Matt? I did. I had to dodge a boulder as I was opening <laughs> it up. So did it, did it come down the stairs and <laughs> yeah. roll through the roof? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, Scott, was there uh is there anything that you wanted to uh to bring up here uh on the podcast? No, I just want to say thanks to uh, all the people that buy trains from us and support us. Um, I truly appreciate that. Um, it's our job to serve you and to do as great of a job as we can to make this a hobby that's a pleasure for you. Because I, I realize that most of our customers are, you know, a lot of our customers are professionals. A lot of people have a lot of stress in their lives. And, you know, they buy trains and run trains and collect trains because that's kind of their escape from reality. So the last thing that you need is another problem dealing with your trains. And so, uh, you know, that's how we try to run our business so that it's, it's fun and it's smooth and you don't have all that stuff. So just thank you all for all of that. And, uh, when it comes time to, t- to sell your trains, uh, give us a shout and we'll do our very best to give you the best offer you're going to get on buying your collection. That's what we do. Fantastic. Uh, Johnny, how about yourself? Any closing thoughts? Uh, once again, thank you so much, Scott. Um, for for all the great stories, I, I haven't had a laugh uh, this much uh, this much of a laugh in a very long time. A lot of entertaining stories, and I think a lot of our listeners really enjoyed hearing the, the human aspect of of your company. I really appreciate it, and uh, definitely a lot more motivated to empty uh, my wallet at trains.com. So uh, yeah, tra- <laughs> yeah, buy it on trains.com and not eBay too, please. You get a better deal on on. Uh, on trains and I don't have to pay the eBay fee. So I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for me, uh, Scott, again, thank you so much for taking the time out to come on here. Uh, we had an absolute blast. It was fun talking to you. Um, this is, uh, I agree with Johnny. Like this has been just great. Like just talking O scale and, you know, moderating industry. Uh, and uh, I had an absolute uh, fun time here tonight. Well, thank you. It was my pleasure. I had a great time too. All right. So now, uh, like with all our guests, we want to make sure that you can, uh, you know, plug your website and stuff like that. So, uh, Scott, where can people, uh, find you, uh, find your website? Uh, you know, let us know all your, all your social media links. Okay. Um, you know, our, our website is trains.com with a Z T R A I N Z.com. Um, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head our Facebook link, but I know we do regular posts on Facebook and Instagram. All that stuff's on the website. Um, we've also got a page on our website or a whole site about buying trains. So if you're curious or anybody wants to know, um, you know what the what our process is on how we buy collections, uh, we've 
uh, went into painstaking detail of explaining exactly how that is. So there's no surprises. So we've got that as part of it as well. Um, if you're looking for train parts, like I said, we've got 15,000 parts, all of our parts, we've taken pictures on a quarter inch scale grid paper. So you can see, you know, pretty, pretty reasonably well how big they are. So if you're trying to make sure the part you're looking for, um, you know, we've taken a picture so you can make sure that it matches. Um, so I, I guess that's it. And, and, our, and, our, and like I said, our, our eBay name is trains as well, but everything that you see on eBay is on our website. So. And I will make sure I'll put the, all the appropriate links to all your social okay. media stuff in the in the podcast show notes as well when this gets published. Uh, Johnny, uh, where can people find you, sir? You can find me on YouTube at Audemus, A-U-D-A-M-U-S. You can find me there screaming at inanimate objects, getting the hit in the face with boxes, and sometimes I'll talk trains. I just released a new video about the new items I got from York and things I've gotten in the recent couple months. No, I'm not dead. My YouTube channel is active, I swear. Uh, so if you want to check that out, you can find me there. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram as Autumnus underscore trains. I am certainly a lot more active on there than I am my YouTube channel. And last but not least, you can find me on the Matt and Matt Uskill podcast Discord server. You can see me there posting and looking through all the comments and chatting with folks. Uh, a lot of great people once again, so please check us out on Discord. Um, there's some great guys. For example, recently we have uh, met someone like our buddy John or Retro Mikado's on there. Great resource to have. Um, really passionate guy and a lot of great folks can talk to about the hobby. So find me in those uh, four places. Fantastic. Uh, you can find Matt Z on YouTube. He's Matt Dash Train Lover at 9943 and he loves trains and he loves boxes. That was Matt Box Lover. Matt, you should change it. Uh, you can also <laughs> find him on Facebook at uh, Train Lover 9943. And you can find me on YouTube at West Chicago Model Railroad. I'm also on Facebook under the same name, and I'm also on Instagram if you search up WCMRR. So with that said, gentlemen, uh, thank you again, uh, Scott, for coming on the podcast, and I want to wish everybody a wonderful night. Good night, you guys. All right, thank you. 